1: Here are your hosts, Headmaster Rebecca Hagstrom and co-host Mark Durkin. Hey! Well, we are uh, in the middle of covering a topic that I believe is very important and critical to parents especially, but really adults as well, and that is the topic of the effects of technology. Yes. And last week we spent uh, quite a bit of time, actually the whole show, discussing some of the concerns with technology and particularly addiction problems and what comes from uh, having addiction to technology, some of the physiological changes that actually take place in the brain, yes. and then some of the outward appearances of those physiological changes and uh, the psychological effects that often come with addiction. Yeah, the
0: fight or flight mode, that need mm-hmm. for physical activity so that the body can deal with stress. And when there's just sitting, it's like a dam that's kind of just been held up. Right. And when the walls are breached. It just gushes. Yeah,
1: and we talked about the fact that the frontal lobe of the d- brain is not developing as quickly as a result of technology use, yes. and that's the last part of the brain to develop anyway in a child. So, and so many functions we're responsible for. Yeah, we're ha- hampering the development of our kids by using it so much. So, very important topic, and we're going to turn our attention today to looking at the effects of technology in the classroom. Yes, because we do know, as I pointed out last week that uh, the tech companies are pushing technology into the classroom in massive amounts or massive numbers. And and, uh, the financial gain for them is is huge, and they see that. And so um, it's very easy to convince parents today— And educators that technology is important. We got to make sure the kids are up on technology, make sure that we're giving them 21st century skills and what have you. Mm -hmm. So it all sounds so good. And, you know, I know I'm dependent on my phone and my computer and what have you, but... Is that really the best way to learn?
0: Right. It's almost like an apples to oranges comparison when you think Mm -hmm. about, okay, a lot of these technological advancements have been successful in the business world, but that doesn't automatically mean that they're going to be successful in the classroom.
1: teaching, yes, exactly. And so the
0: approach uh, that the tech companies have in marketing and hooking many children into viewership is also working in many of our nation's classrooms. You Mm -hmm. know, screens, like we mentioned, are forced in the face of kids, and they're Mm -hmm. a real threat to replace teachers in some cases. Mm -hmm. And many classroom curriculums are technologically driven. Mm -hmm. Books are becoming increasingly uh, unpopular and a Mm -hmm. thing of the past. Our nation's children are not learning how to read. Mm -hmm. And I know a statistic that was mentioned on this program uh, when we first started talking about technology Mm -hmm. back in 2016 uh, cited a statistic from 2014 In that year alone, $8.3 billion was spent on pre-K through 12th grade schools Mm -hmm. on educational software. Mm -hmm. So one intense debate, though, concerning technology in the classroom, and we want to focus on this particular angle, Mm -hmm. is writing by hand versus keyboarding. Mm -hmm. And so... I'll let you take it away on that one, Yeah.
1: Rebecca. Well, the handwriting um, really is an important element of how we develop neural pathways in the brain. And when we uh, transfer them to technology, we're not giving the brain the opportunity to create those neural pathways. Right. And what happens when we get those neural pathways, it actually trains the brain to learn important pieces of information. And in the realm of literacy, the ability to read and write, um, children who are able to quickly transfer the mental image of a letter into its physical form on paper, they actually have a clearer understanding of how letters form words, sentences, and meaning. Mm-hmm. And obviously, that can't take place if the kids are just using technology. Yes. And, you know, I actually think I've shared this story on the show before that I have a grandparent from um, our school who actually lives in North Carolina. And she was a, a superintendent. She was, actually, no, she was principal of several schools and then ran a private school and is now on the curriculum committee. In the school district in which she lives. And they switched completely over to uh, technology based reading programs for K 1 2, got rid of all of the books. Oh, wow. Yes, and she said it's been a disaster. The mm. kids are not learning to read. And this is why what I just said here, that when the kids are only using technology, they're not establishing those neural pathways. They're not getting as good an understanding of how letters form words and how words form sentences and sentences form meaning. Um, So writing by hand, because it's such a complex cognitive process, you know, stop and think about that. You know, clicking your fingers on a keyboard versus taking a pencil and having to form letters that then form words which then form sentences it is a very complex task especially when you get to cursive writing okay so cursive you know handwriting is better than typing for the brain but cursive is even better than printing because cursive is connected and so that's even more complex than printing for the brain hmm. yeah so anytime you're doing that complexity you're developing pathways in the brain which is really helping the kids um when, when kids are writing by hand because it is a more complex cognitive process, it does involve those neurosensory experiences and the fine motor skills also get improved. That's another thing we're seeing with too much technology use. When kids are just sweeping with their thumb right. or, you know, the thumb motions with the texting or, um, Uh, clicking on a keyboard, they're not developing the fine motor skills that get developed with handwriting and holding a pencil, the pencil grasp, and what have you. Right. Mm -hmm.
0: You know, I was just going to add this point. I know we talked last week about, you know, how mental lapses is a symptom – It's an outworking of having too much screen time. Mm -hmm. I can't tell you how many times even as an adult, like when we work with iPads, Mm -hmm. we know that we can minimize and maximize what we're looking at by taking our thumb and our index finger and running it along the screen. Do you know how many times with my uh, PC... Uh-huh. instead of just keeping my hands on the, the keyboard, uh-huh. I have taken most same fingers and have gone up to right. the screen trying to minimize and maximize. I know. I mean, talk about a motor Muscle skill breakdown memory.
1: Yeah. Remember I talked about ditches in the brain <laughs> yes. last year? I think That's I might have a few. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Well, and it's so important for kids at those young ages to develop fine motor skills because That is what's going to allow them to become successful in life. We need to develop the whole child. You can't just develop one piece of the child or they won't become a fully developed human being. And when you're having to write, your brain is having to direct your hand. So that's a motor movement. And it's telling the hand what to do. And that's why when they're first learning, the handwriting is so poor, but the more practice they're developing those neural pathways and it's becoming smoother and pretty soon you can actually read it better. Right? Right. And those are skills that are all extremely important to the child and very important. And see, we to the don't brain. think
0: about the motor skills. We just think, yeah. oh, the handwriting's getting neater. But no, right. there's something much deeper going no, on. No, much
1: deeper going on. Yes, exactly. So those strong handwriting skills that are, are also uh, what improve reading comprehension, believe it or not. So this is all connected. And knowing how to translate and organize complex ideas in writing actually increases a child's ability to read and understand them. So once again, going back to my grandparent who lives in North Carolina, why were the kids not learning to read with technology? Not just because it's technology, not just because... They, you know, were reading off of a screen versus a book, but probably because they weren't spending as much time doing the handwriting that goes with a non-technology-based curriculum. So the writing and the reading is connected. Handwriting notes, we've also talked about in the past, Um, So this would apply to college-age kids. Right now we're talking more about the younger kids. But Mm -hmm. um, middle school, high school, college, when you start taking notes in class, a lot of times kids think, oh, I should do that on my computer because I can type faster than I can write. But that's precisely one of the reasons why you don't remember the information as well because you can just tune out. You're just like automatically listening and you're just almost becoming – It's almost like you're just sort of becoming a conduit of the teacher's words, and you're just typing them onto the screen, but you're not really having to deal with it much. But if you're having to write it on the page, you have to think about what that professor or teacher is saying, and then you have to write it down. You're probably going to skip a few words because you can't keep up like you could with typing. Right. And that causes you then to rephrase the material slightly in your own words, which then is causing you to think about the material, which is one of the reasons why it's very well documented that you remember the material better too. And we're gonna talk about that a little bit later in the show.
0: And we're talking about remembering material through writing by hand. I mean when you're Mm -hmm. on a keyboard though, you're not even thinking about where the letters are. That's
1: what I'm saying. You become a conduit. It's like yeah, autopilot is a better word than (laughs) just conduit. That's a that's a much better phrase. Yeah. Um, Yeah, they're on autopilot. So handwriting also helps to develop critical thinking and conceptual development. Strong writers and readers are nonlinear thinkers, and they're able to drive or draw connections and develop unconventional solutions to complex problems.
0: And writing on paper forces the brain to slow down to consider the big picture, as you were mm-hmm. mentioning, and helps writers and artists explore abstract ideas using mm-hmm. simple shapes or phrases to solidify concepts. Mm-hmm. And with handwriting, mind mapping is a process that helps develop concepts or solve problems by encouraging unstructured thinking. In activating the creative side mm-hmm. of your brain.
1: So once again, it's just using more of your brain because it's a more complex process. Mm-hmm. And then those neural pathways become more complex. That brain mapping refers to neural pathways. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, handwriting during note-taking improves retention, as we mentioned earlier, because mm-hmm. it emphasizes the critical thinking and the topic comprehension. Mm-hmm. But with keyboarding, we're talking about a simple... Memory based movement. Executing keystrokes, again, repetitive motions based on letter placement on the keyboard. The same pathway is emphasized at the exclusion of all the others. So earlier we mentioned that interactive screen's constant bright light, fast-paced of what's taking place on the screen, and the lifelike and detailed colors that overwhelm the visual system. Again, this is why the six-year-olds, the five-year-olds, the Mm seven-year-olds, not in that order, but that – That's why a lot of these companies are targeting, because they like bright lights. They Mm -hmm. like, you know, boisterous colors, okay? Mm -hmm. So we mentioned that earlier in terms of how that is affecting the brain. But with handwriting, and this I found to be very interesting, Mm -hmm. using different colors is actually beneficial in academic and professional settings. Mm -hmm. Because using a consistent system of different colors makes it easy to recognize pertinent In Mm high-priority details
1: yeah and that's you know when you stop and think about it it is very obvious that that would be the case when we when we organize information we color code often you know to help us remember and again if you're just doing that on a computer well I suppose you could pull up a different color that you're gonna type in and that would help you categorize a little bit Um, but as you said, they're using that same notion and they're taking it to the level where they're trying to get the kids to be captured by the bright colors and, and the um, fast moving images of a screen. Absolutely. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, recently, a handwriting and keyboarding survey was conducted by Your Therapy Source from YourTherapysource.com mm-hmm. to get the opinions of pediatric therapists parents, and teachers on handwriting versus keyboarding. Mm -hmm. And even in cases where there are handwriting deficits that are attributed to, say, underdeveloped cognition, fine motor skills, and visual motor abilities, the majority of the survey participants still point to the importance of handwriting over keyboarding. Now, it's interesting to note that there were more than 200 responses Mm -hmm. in this survey And I know that in a previous show, uh, you had briefly mentioned uh, on the technology show that actually kids that have ADD, Mm -hmm. I mean, isn't it more beneficial for them to be doodling, say, Mm -hmm. than having a keyboard right in front Mm -hmm. of them? Mm
1: -hmm. Well, doodling is one of the things that is suggested for kids with ADHD because it helps them concentrate. And um, if they can get rid of that. It's usually for the kids who have the extra energy or for, I guess it can go both ways because for the kids who have trouble focusing, it might help them stay focused. Um, but doodling, again, it's a hand motion, um, much more valuable to the brain than trying to use a computer Um Even for kids who have trouble with handwriting, you know, sometimes you think, well, maybe we should go to a computer. And maybe you should in certain cases. I know we've done that at our school for some kids. But then you can't forget that you are then taking away the benefits of the handwriting, the handwritten word at that age. So you really have to kind – of, it's kind of a cost-benefit analysis. You have to really ask yourself what is more important. Sure. Um, but, yes, the doodling, again, that's handwritten. It's much better than, yes, yeah, sitting there typing on the keyboard instead.
0: Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, this survey uh, ended, like I mentioned, with over 200 responses. And the following now are just two of the questions that were asked – And responded to, and that first question was, handwriting instruction is necessary before keyboarding instruction. Mm -hmm. If you responded with one, you strongly agreed. If you were closer to five on that scale, you strongly disagreed. Mm -hmm. And in that in that uh, survey response, forty eight and a half percent of the people of the two hundred and five people surveyed responded. With one, they strongly mm-hmm. agreed that mm-hmm. handwriting instruction was necessary before keyboarding. At two, uh, on that scale, thirteen point seven percent responded that way. Mm-hmm. And three, which is kind of like right in the middle yeah. of a scale like that, it's kind of still before the yeah. starting to disagree. Yeah, that was nineteen point one percent. So you have here well over seventy percent of the participants of this survey mm-hmm. who have dealt with kids that have cognitive uh, development issues. Mm-hmm. That are still saying that handwriting instruction is necessary before keyboarding yeah. instruction.
1: Yeah. I was happy to see that statistic because today you see so much technology in the classroom in so right. many schools that I I didn't know if the pediatricians are kind of picking up on all of this. But this survey, as you mentioned at the very beginning um, or, or just a few moments ago, um, was of pediatric therapists. Yes, some parents were involved, but teachers, too. So the fact that it's pediatric therapists and teachers especially, I was really, really pleased to Mm -hmm. see that they're seeing the importance of handwriting skills before keyboarding skills.
0: Right. And after we take a look at the next graph, there are actual quotes that were submitted um, as a result of the end of the survey, and we'll certainly listen to what specifically some of them were saying. Mm -hmm. Another question was, handwriting notes assists with memory formation and retrieval more than typing notes. Again, Mm -hmm. that same one through five uh, response. Yeah,
1: I mean, you had um, on that one, what was it, 43.2% said, Absolutely, strongly that's agree. true. Strongly agree. And then you had another twenty four percent that are putting it in as a, you know, number two, which is you know right behind strongly agree. And then number three is eighteen well, percent. That's so over eighty five. percent Once again, yeah, that one's even higher. And so people are recognizing that you really do inform- re- remember and retrieve information better when you've had the opportunity to write it down uh, versus type it into your computer and you know we all have the story of going to the grocery store and uh, writing our lists out, but then leaving it on the kitchen counter and <laughs> getting to <into> the grocery <laughs> what was store. I supposed to buy again? <laughs> but you know, if you've written it, if you've handwritten it down, you're probably going to remember seventy-five mm-hmm. to eighty percent of what you had on that list. And see, that's where I go wrong. I always
0: put it in the notes of my phone. I type it. Yeah, up there on you
1: go. On. Well, then, but then you do have your phone with you, so you know you probably aren't going to lose I your phone. Sometimes I forget to
0: put things though. Oh in no! That okay, list. okay. And So because I was in the <laughs> typing mode, right. I forget. I'll, my wife will be like, "Did you not grab this? Did you not grab?" Right.
1: That? <laughs> oh She Told
0: me to put it on in a text but I didn't put it in the notes. Right.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And it's supposed to keep you so organized. Exactly. Not so much with me. (laughs) the smartphones that aren't so smart. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Exactly.
0: So of these 205 respondents in this survey, again, here are some of the summarized responses from the participants. And Mm -hmm. I I wrote these quotes out word for word. So here we go. First one, quote. Currently in our society, keyboarding and screen time and alternatives to handwriting and manipulation are too accessible too early in childhood development. This results in poor habits with both handwriting and keyboarding. With all techniques and applications... We need to professionally evaluate the cost and outcome of all screen tools on the long-term skills and habits rather than push for the quick fixes. Mm-hmm.
1: End of quote. I love that. That's a really strong quote. And interesting that this individual says that it results in poor habits with both handwriting and keyboarding. So even if you are a uh, big tech advocate, you know, for education, uh, allowing kids to use it at young ages before they've had the opportunity to learn how to properly use a keyboard and their fingers are probably not large enough. Then, You know, a three-, four-, five-year-old is not large enough to properly type on a keyboard. Um, but it's, it's negatively impacting their habits for both handwriting and keyboarding.
0: That's right. And here's now the second uh, response that I found. Uh, From a participant in the survey, and I think you'll appreciate this one as a headmaster of Mm -hmm. a classical education curriculum that values handwriting. Mm -hmm. Quote, handwriting is much more than pencil to paper. Handwriting needs to be taught K through the second grade Mm -hmm. with review and revision to help students gain the proper foundation. K through grade two is learning to write. After that is writing to learn. Mm -hmm. If students are not given the proper foundation, it is difficult to tell if they are going to be more successful on keyboarding. End Mm -hmm. of quote.
1: Yeah. And that is a very true statement uh, that, you know, learning to write is important, K2, and then after that, writing to learn. Same is true for reading. Our learning specialist, Shirley Marsh, says it all the time K through 2 is critical for learning to read. And then starting in third grade, you're really reading to learn. Yes. And so, that's why k2 is so important for learning those foundational skills of reading writing and math you know we used to talk about the three r's it's there is true value in teaching those three r's in k through two to really set kids up for success
0: And again, now, this quote, this third and final one, really highlights the benefits of writing by hand and how they should have the preeminence over keyboarding. Mm -hmm. Quote, each child is different in that their developmental level may not be that of their age, and therefore they are not ready for keyboarding. Studies have shown the benefits of handwriting on reading as well as memory, and although this is the quote-unquote age of technology, it is still important for a student to be able to read and write, end of quote.
1: Right. And again, a good reminder, we can't let technology replace. And as I'm going to bring it up one more time, that grandma in North Carolina where they removed the books and tried to teach kids online how to read, and their reading was impacted negatively by the fact that they went all to technology in the classroom. Yep. Mm -hmm. Well, we did or we found a 2016 survey that was conducted with several hundred army cadets as well. So this last one we were talking about was teachers and therapists and what have you. Um, This was a study that was conducted on uh, several hundred army cadets. And that also revealed the technology in the classroom had substantial negative effects on its students. So, this 2016 study was conducted by the Massachusetts Institute of Technology, and the source is SEII. .mit.edu and SEII stands for School Effectiveness and Inequality Initiative. That's a mouthful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but the important point is that it was done by MIT in 2016. Um, but they looked at students in uh, the years 2014-15 and then the fifteen sixteen academic years, so two academic years. They had 726 undergraduate students from West Point Academy. These are no slugs here. Right. Uh, enrolled in the school's Principles of Economics class, and they divided those kids into three groups. And again, just keep in mind that West Point cadets are top. You know, it's very difficult to get into any of the military academies, and West Point is known to be top-notch. And these kids are used to being mercilessly ranked by test results. They are motivated to test well and have tremendous discipline. So you know that you're controlling for motivation and you're controlling for intellect in this study. And the first group was technology-free. The second group was allowed to use computers and other devices, and the third group had restricted access to tablets. So MIT reported that the results suggest that computer devices have a substantial negative effect on academic performance. Specifically, their average final exam scores amongst the students Um, that were assigned to classrooms that allowed computers were 18% of a standard deviation lower Mm -hmm. than exam scores of students in classrooms that prohibited computers. That's
0: no small number.
1: Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. No, I mean, when you consider, you know, one standard deviation above the mean, I mean, we consider a bell curve. Mm -hmm. um, It doesn't take much to get far from that middle Right. So.
0: Right. And, you know, the conclusions in the study that were conducted by MIT, Mm -hmm. they point to a few points where computer usage could affect students in theory. And, and, And the first finding was this. Students using tablets may be surfing the Internet, checking email, messaging with friends, or even completing homework for that class or another class. All of these activities could draw a student's attention away from the class, resulting in a lower understanding of the course material. So that was one hypothesis that they had developed in terms of, okay, that could be one reason why... The numbers are so much lower. Mm -hmm,
1: mm -hmm. And then also... So basically just being distracted by talking to friends and looking at internet sites and what have you. So it's
0: mental ping pong. It is. That's a good way to
1: put it. Mental ping pong. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you're just not going to perform as well. You just can't. Especially, yeah. I remember reading my son's paper when he had been on social media and I said, did you, one of his papers, I said, "Did, did you write this without... Being on your, were you talking to people? You wrote it and He admitted, "Yeah, I did." It was one of the worst papers I'd ever seen him write. I said, you got to start over. It's so disorganized; it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> way,
0: way to be honest. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, according to Mueller and Oppenheimer in 2014, uh, from this MIT study, uh, students required to use computers are not as effective at taking notes as students that were required to use pen and paper, mm-hmm. which could also lower test scores. Sure, mm-hmm. yep. We, we talked about that earlier. Yep. And the third finding was is that professors might have changed their behavior, either teaching differently to the whole class or interacting differently to students who are on their computer or tablet. And I think it's also important to know, too, that MIT says that these results relate only to classes where students have the option to use computer devices to take notes. So in other words, it wasn't uh, a mainstay in the classroom where they had time to really work with it and make those types of adjustments. They were given the option, yeah, okay, I'll take technology mm-hmm. and I Right, won't. I see. But it shows the raw results of the right. test and that there is a difference.
1: Yes, absolutely. And that's so important for our listeners to hear, and if you have a child that insists on using a computer to take notes in their college classes, you may want to really encourage them away from that and back to the old pen and paper notebook style and uh, you might see some improvements in their grades. So we look forward to joining you again next week on Education Nation. If you want to check out our podcast, you can go to Liberty Classical Academy and look up Education Nation where all of our shows there are available in podcast form. Thank you and have a great week.